Welcome to Lessons Learned and Lessons Shared with yours truly, Lady Contessa, CEO. Now that we're here together, let's get into these letters. Gotta share it then I wrote. We're talking about giving inspiration to real life situations. Just everyday lessons you wanna know. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Lessons Learned and Lessons Shared with Lady Contessa, CEO. I hope in such a time as this, you are doing better than good. I am going to shed some light on an issue I've already shared. It's a conversation I was having with one of my sisters. This is a situation that can cause a bit of inconvenience for both the issuers and recipient of personal checks. The aim of this letter is to encourage open communication and understanding regarding the importance of responsible check management. So let's get into the reading of the letter entitled Ensuring Smooth Transactions, a friendly reminder about personal checks. In our busy lives, it's not uncommon for financial matters to take a back seat to the countless other priorities vying for our attention. However, when it comes to personal checks, a little proactive effort can go a long way in ensuring that financial transactions are smooth and trouble-free. Let's talk about two essential aspects of personal check usage, maintaining an up-to-date checkbook and promptly depositing or cashing received checks. Number one, balance your checkbook. Balancing your checkbook may seem like a tedious task, but it is a crucial step in maintaining control over your finances. Here are a few reasons why this is so important. Avoid overdrafts. By keeping an accurate record of your account's balance, you can prevent the dreaded overdraft situation. Writing checks without enough funds to cover them can lead to hefty overdraft fees and inconvenience for both parties involved. Accurate financial snapshots. Regularly reconciling your checkbook provides an accurate snapshot of your financial standing. It helps you keep track of expenses, ensuring that you don't spend more than you have. Peace of mind. Knowing your financial situation will grant you peace of mind. You'll be better prepared to handle unexpected expenses and make informed financial decisions. To make checkbook balancing easier, consider using digital tools or apps designed for this purpose. They can streamline the process and make it less time consuming. And number two, 
promptly cashing or depositing received checks. Equally important is the prompt handling of checks you receive. When you delay depositing or cashing a personal check, you run the risk of encountering insufficient funds when the time comes to assess your money. Here's why it's vital to act promptly. Avoid inconvenience. Imagine needing funds for a pressing expense, only to find out that the check you received weeks ago can't be cashed due to insufficient funds. This can lead to unnecessary stress and inconvenience. Maintain trust. Timely processing of checks help maintain trust in financial transactions between friends, family, and acquaintances. It ensures that both parties can rely on the checks as a secure means of payment and respect for others' finances. By promptly depositing or cashing a check, you show respect for the insurer's financial situation. It allows them to budget effectively and prevent them from thinking they have more available funds than they actually do. Beloved, responsible check management benefits everyone involved in our transaction. Balancing your checkbook and promptly handling personal checks are a simple yet effective way to ensure the financial stability of both parties. Let's make a collective effort to be more mindful of these practices. Quit holding on to a personal check that someone has written you. If someone has written you a personal check, police, for goodness sake, cash it. Don't wait two, three, four, or more weeks before you get it cashed because the person may not have that amount of money in their bank account. Get it cashed when you get it. A day or two, but don't wait any longer because some people do think that they have more money in their account when they don't because you have not cashed the personal check they had given you. In the meantime, love, stick around, and uh, we'll be right back with another reading of the letter. You're tuned into Lessons Learned, Lessons Shared with Lady Contessa, CEO. Hope you're ready for a lesson, because there's plenty to learn. Every day is a lesson, if you take the time to learn what you should know. Every day is a blessing, when you can understand what you need to grow. Life isn't easy, but it teaches us in many ways it's true. So when you share an experience, I get to learn a lesson straight from you. Forever a student in this thing called life, I'm always learning. Welcome back to Lessons Learned and Lessons Shared with Lady Contessa, CEO. In the previous letter reading entitled, Ensuring Smooth Transactions, a friendly reminder about personal checks. 
we discussed the importance of responsible check management, including the need to balance your checkbook and promptly process received checks. By doing so, we can prevent overdrafts, maintain trust in financial transactions, and show respect for each other's finances. These practices contribute to smoother and more reliable financial interactions. And now, moving on to another reading of the letter that recently caught my attention. A tale of a family who has built their home on rented land with the promise that they can stay there for a century. Yes, you heard me correctly. 100 years. I couldn't resist sharing this tidbit of knowledge. So let's get into the reading of the letter entitled The Fascinating Tale of the Home on Rented Land. Can you fathom the ideal of building your dream home, pouring your time, money, and love into it, knowing that the land it stands upon will never truly be yours, nor passed down to family members? It's an extraordinary scenario that beckons a multitude of questions and ignites my curiosity about property rights, long-term planning, and the future of such homes. Allow me to introduce you to the story of a family who was granted the incredible privilege of residing on this rented land for a staggering 100 years. It's improbable that anyone in the family will live to see the culmination of that century. The matriarch is currently 94 years old, her daughter 58, and her son 61. Their journey began when the mother in her 40s made this place their home. With this rented land, the family bears monthly or yearly fees or every so many years to retain their lease. The rent cost itself is a mystery to me, but it adds another layer of complexity to the situation. The looming question, of course, is what unfolds when that century finally arrives. And what fate befalls the cherished family home? One crucial detail to underline is that this land is situated adjacent to a reservoir and fall under the jurisdiction of the city. This connection to municipal authority adds even more intricacy to the equation. We must ponder not only the implications for this specific family, but also the broader implications for anyone who might find themselves in a similar situation. As we venture deeper into this captivating topic, here are some key considerations. Number one, property rights versus land ownership. This unique case blurs the lines between owning a home and owning the land it stands on. How does this blurred distinction impact the family's sense of ownership and their connection to their property? Number two, the 100-year promise. To what extent is the commitment of a 100-year stay on rented land legally binding? What types of contractual agreements are in place and can they be extended or modified? Number three, the role of municipal authorities. 
What authority does the city hold over the land and how do their interests align with those of the homeowners? Number four, long-term planning. If you find yourself in a similar situation, how would you plan for the future of your home knowing that your family may or may not be present when the land lease expires or perhaps an heir may be the one to make those decisions? And number five, selling the home. What if you decide to sell the home to someone else? How will potential buyers perceive this 100-year stipulation and would it impact the market value of the property? Oh, and one more thing I just had a thought. After the 100 years are up, does the home belong to the city now? Just wondering, that is of interest. I am eager to hear your thoughts on this remarkable topic. If you possess any personal experiences or insights on this subject, please don't hesitate to share. Your engagement and perspectives are of great value to our discussion. Anyway, thanks to Tria for being part of our incredible podcast community by tuning in to Lessons Learned and Lessons Shared podcast with Lady Contessa, CEO, your support means the world to us and we look forward to continuing these enriching conversations together. Be sure to subscribe and or follow if you feel inclined to do so. And uh, come back to visit me when you can. Okie doke. Until we meet again, love. Ta-ta. Thank you for tuning in to Lessons Learned, Lessons Shared with Lady Contessa, CEO, where we always have a lesson for you. See you next time. Every experience is a lesson learned, and every lesson is an experience learned. Life has a way of teaching things we never knew.